to the podcast, Today's Voices of Conservation Science, and I'm Chris Guy. I'm your host for today's podcast. This podcast focuses on people doing science that's then used to conserve natural resources. And today I'm here with Michelle Briggs, and she's a graduate student at Montana State University in the Department of Ecology. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good. Enjoying the nice warm weather we're having in Bozeman, Montana? Definitely. It's very nice. Yeah, it's been a long winter. It has been. A lot of snow. I'm ready for it to all be gone. So um, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself to start off with? Yeah, um, I grew up in Seattle, um, and then I went to college at the University of Southern California, where I got my bachelor's degree in biology. Um, After that, I spent a couple of years doing uh, seasonal work. Um, So I spent a season up in Alaska doing research on salmon habitat. Um, And then I went out to Yellowstone National Park, where I worked as a fisheries technician, um, working on native cutthroat trout conservation. And working in Yellowstone is what has led to me starting grad school here at Montana State. So you went from Southern California to Alaska. That had to be a little bit of a shock. Um, it was actually really good. I was very ready to get out of Southern California. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and then and and then to Yellowstone. So, um, have you ever have any plans to go back to Southern California? Uh, no. No. <laughs> the weather's nice though, right? I mean. That's why there's so many people there is because it's just beautiful weather all the time. It is, but I miss the seasons. Okay. Uh, when I'm there, really, there's no seasons. Okay. So you like the snow? Well, at least, you know, something gets a little <laughs> bit colder. Like Seattle's pretty nice, too, yeah. a little more temperate. But. Yeah. So you're working in um, Yellowstone, and you've had some, you had that other project uh, that, you, that you worked on in Alaska, and so... Um, just thinking about what compelled you to get into the conservation profession, what inspired you to, to, um, to, to go to school, to, to start to develop this career? Um, well, I've always loved being outdoors. I spent a lot of time outside, um, when I was growing up, um, there's a lot of great places to be outdoors near Seattle, um. And I also have always been really interested in biology and going into conservation really combines both of those two things. I got get to do science and I get to be outside. Um, and when I was in college, uh, my first uh, internship was working on the Alwa River Dam Removal Project, um, which is an awesome project um, and really gave me uh, a strong interest in freshwater ecology Um and conservation. And that was a great project to really get my career started. Yeah, that's a great example of uh, conservation in practice. And, and uh, visited that site oh, a couple of years ago. It's really neat to see how it's all recovered and starting to come back. Yeah, that was an amazing project to work on. I got to work with a lot of great people and just watching how quickly the river and the estuary changed was pretty amazing. Um, so who or what was instrumental in kind of laying the foundation, if you will, for um, maybe even inspiring you to be interested in conservation? Um, My dad really inspired me. He was always getting me outside. Um, We spent a lot of time looking in tide pools. Um, 
learning all the different organisms, learning plant species when we were going on hikes. Um, and he uh, encouraged me to learn how to scuba dive. Um, he also scuba dives, so we would do that together. Um, so yeah, he was definitely definitely an inspiration in me going into conservation. So did you have a, like when you were identifying all these plants and animals, did you have ID books that you would carry around and kind of work together to try and figure things out? Uh, sometimes we'd have ID books. Mm-hmm. He knew a lot of them, so yeah. he would tell me what he knew. And then when he couldn't figure something out, then we'd break out the ID books and yeah. learn some new species. So was he in the kind of this profession? Uh, no, he he studied biology, though, mm-hmm. but he's in healthcare. Okay. Yeah, very cool. Um, so let's jump to your research in Yellowstone. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, so you're here working on your, um, master's degree and, um, what are you working on in the park? Um, so my research is going to be, um, in Yellowstone Lake, um, and it'll be focusing on amphipods, which are a small, um, species of crustacean, kind of like a small freshwater shrimp. Um, they live on the bottom of Yellowstone Lake. Um, and we're really interested in them uh, because they are um, a very significant um, component of the diet of uh, both the native Yellowstone cutthroat trout and the invasive lake trout in Yellowstone Lake. Um, so I'll be looking at amphipod populations in Yellowstone Lake and their role in the food web. And so the, the amphipod, are they native to Yellowstone Lake? Yes, they are native. There's two species in Yellowstone Lake, and they're one of the most abundant benthic macroinvertebrates in the lake. And those species, they uh, they occupy different places in the in the lake, or are they in the same kind of habitat? Um, we think they live in the same habitat, but we really don't know a lot about amphipods in Yellowstone Lake. So there's there's a lot to learn. Oh, that's great! Then the door's kind of wide open <laughs> for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's nice. And so. They're both feeding the the native cutthroat trout and the lake trout are both feeding on amphipods. Yes. Um, our most recent uh, information on the diet of both of those trout species shows that um, both of those species are primarily consuming amphipods. So they're very important for trout diet. I'm here with Michelle Briggs, and she is a graduate student at Montana State University in the Department of Ecology. And she's studying amphipods in Yellowstone Lake. So how do you go about, like, collecting amphipods, these small shrimp? I would think maybe thinking of people that collect shrimp, maybe it's like a trawl or something like that, or are they traps, or have you even figured that (laughs) out? Or, you know, you say there's not much done on them, so maybe you haven't figured it out and you got to do that a little bit. Uh, yeah, figuring out how to collect them is definitely going to be a part of um, my work this summer. Um, we've got a couple of ideas. Um, one thing that has been used in the past is what's called a ponar grab sampler. Um, you lower it down on the bottom, and when it hits the bottom, it uh, kind of scoops up part of the bottom. Um, and so you can get a nice benthic sample from that, um, but it only works on soft substrate like silt and mud. Um when you have hard substrate, things get a little bit more challenging. Um, planning to use uh, traps um, to collect amphipods and also uh, use a kind of handheld suction uh, sampler, um, which I'll use while scuba diving. 
um, to suck up anything that's on the bottom and on top of the substrate and collect that. So hopefully uh, those methods will work. And if not, I'll have to be a little more creative. Yeah. Scuba diving in Yellowstone Lake sounds uh, very cold. It is very cold, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Good. Do you get to scuba dive uh, any more like on coral reefs when you're not in Yellowstone? I haven't in a couple of years, okay. but after this summer, I might need a, yeah. a dive vacation. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so you, you talked about understanding the amphipods and, and their ecology, right? Trying to figure out a, a little bit about that. And so just why is that important again? Why, why is it important to understand that? Um, like I said, they're, they're important for the diet of uh, Yellowstone cutthroat trout and lake trout. And there's also some um, pretty interesting uh, lake trout suppression um, uh, actions going on in Yellowstone Lake. Um, this summer, the Park Service is going to be using um, ground lake trout carcasses um, to try to cause embryo mortality um, as another uh, method for lake trout suppression in addition to the, the gill netting program they have going on. Um, and so we're interested in how this carcass deposition in Yellowstone Lake is going to affect the ecology. Um, and it's likely that it will impact amphipods at the sites where this is going on, um, whether uh, that's going to be um, a, a decrease in amphipod populations um, or an increase. Uh, we don't really know what's going to be going on, but uh, we definitely do want to know how this is affecting amphipod populations. So they're grinding up the carcasses from the lake trout that they catch and they're applying those to, you said, the, the lake trout spawning areas? Yeah, and they'll be putting a ground lake trout carcass on spawning areas um, to kind of smother lake trout eggs um, to uh, kill them before they hatch um, to hopefully uh, further reduce lake trout populations. Okay, and then you're thinking it could increase the abundance of amphipods by providing food because yeah. they feed on, will they feed on the carcasses? Uh, they definitely might feed on the carcasses. Amphipods will eat um, almost anything. Uh, mm -hmm. So this could be a good food source. Um, it also could just provide an indirect benefit. Um, carcass uh, material will definitely provide a lot of nutrients, um, which could just increase algae growth or the growth of macrophytes, which could additionally provide uh, food and maybe some habitat for amphipods. That's very interesting. And so just thinking about this, the park service doesn't want, I mean, they want to suppress lake trout to bring back native cutthroat trout, but they don't want to alter kind of the ecosystem or food web in a way that would be detrimental to any other species. Right. And so that's the kind of the importance of the project as well. Right. Um, we don't want this carcass deposition to have you know, all these unintended consequences in the lake. So we definitely want to um, do some research and figure out what's going on when we do that. Very good. What's the best thing you could discover with your research project? Um, I guess the best thing would uh, be to really figure out if um, this carcass deposition program is beneficial at all or if it's um, having negative consequences um, so that you know that seems like it would just be really useful um, to know if that's something that should be continued because it's working really well or something that should uh, not continue because it's having or causing a lot of problems right 
So if it was working really well, it would be um, causing mortality in the lake trout embryos, but not having an effect on the amphipods really or anything else in those areas. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And so how long is this project going to go on? Um, the My project will uh, go for two field seasons. Mm-hmm. And so most of the work is when? Uh, the work will be um, when Yellowstone Lake is not uh, covered in ice. <laughs> uh, so from about mid-May until uh, the end of October. And so you have a lot of sampling to do to kind of figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, about five months um, each year. There's a lot of people that uh, envy what you get to do out there. Um, you know, they get a, uh, as far as I understand, there's a lot of people that would volunteer just to, to be on Yellowstone Lake. So it's a beautiful place and uh, what a great opportunity to be able to work on there and add uh, uh, some understanding to how that lake's operating. Um, so kind of the last question, not kind of, it is the last question is, uh, uh, what's your favorite animal, plant, or maybe you could give me one of each? Um, I think my favorite animal is probably an octopus. Yeah. I think they're really interesting. Um, one of my life goals is to see a giant Pacific octopus while scuba diving. So when you say giant, how big's giant? They can get, I guess I don't know the exact figure on mm-hmm. their arm span, but I think their arm span can get to around 8 or 10 Wow. Feet. Um, they, so they get pretty big, but it, I just think it's amazing how intelligent they are. Yeah. That's the, you know, you, you I've seen a lot of videos where the octopus is doing different things, getting out of a jar and all these kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we way underestimate the intelligence of octopus. Yeah. I think they're very cool. Yeah. And you didn't say a plant. Oh, <laughs> you don't have to say. <laughs> um, so uh, I want to thank you, Michelle, for taking the time to meet with me today. And I wish you the best of uh, luck in your studies at Montana State University and your research in Yellowstone National Park. And thanks for listening to today's Voices of Conservation Science. And please spread the word about this podcast. <laughs>